Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Have you ever tried getting out of a contract? It is not easy. It's something to do with the law and going to court, I don't know. But it is complicated stuff. It's also been a manner of protection in the world of wrestling when competition was on fire because you don't want your top star to just get up and leave. Yet somehow, it has still happened. A lot. I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do subscribe. And yes, this is 10 Way Wrestlers Got Out of WWE Contracts. Number 10, defecting to the competition. See, here it is, right in at the start. And although in 2021, Kenny Omega can make a deal with both AEW, AAA, and Impact and hop around the place, that was not the done thing in the 90s. So when it did happen, people melted. As Eric Bischoff did his best to fire all the shots towards WWE though, he came up with as many ideas as he could, including taking some of the most prominent stars, namely Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. As opposed to dolling them up with a new gimmick, however, WCW acted like they had defected from Vince McMahon's company to launch an offensive against theirs. It was great. Even better than that one, though, in terms of shock, was none other than Lex Luger. He left WWE one day and was in WCW the next because nobody had noticed that his contract had come due. This meant he was able to appear on both Raw and Nitro in the same week, which was nuts, and it felt like Bischoff had just pulled off a major coup and that something was about to change. That feeling was correct, and it became something you may know as the Monday Night Wars. Number nine, suing the company. Yeah, that will do it. When Brock Lesnar decided he didn't want to be a pro wrestler anymore in 2004 because the lifestyle wasn't for him, the Beast wanted out of his WWE deal. As you can imagine, World Wrestling Entertainment wasn't too keen on this, so there was somewhat of a standoff. The answer? To stop Lesnar from wrestling for anybody else once he had left. That was fine for a while as Brock tried to get into the NFL, but when that didn't work out and he decided he wanted to sports entertain once more, but, you know, couldn't technically, well, you know Brock Lesnar, he didn't really take no for an answer. Instead, he just went to perform for New Japan in spite of this, and at the same time sued WWE, so saying this non-compete clause was BS because it stopped him from making a living. The company countered sued because, of course, and it was actually Brock that came out of this one as the winner, the judge agreed. Probably terrified that Brock Lesnar would eat his kids. This shrewd negotiating would stick with Lesnar from this moment on, and ever since he returned in 2012, his money and deals have just gotten better and better. We could all learn from him. Number eight, crossing over to a kid's TV show. Imagine somebody rang you up right now and said they wanted to take your human self and transform it into a cartoon and an action figure. You'd be pumped, right? Because of course you would. Welcome to the world of Sergeant Slaughter. He was doing quite well in the early 90s, despite that horrible hill turn, but his momentum was enough for an approach courtesy of the G.I. Joe team who thought it would be great to turn his persona into an action figure and that they could drop him right into their animated world. Unsurprisingly, Slaughter thought this sounded amazing. Vince McMahon, he who controls all agreed, but couldn't sign off on it because the WWF already had a Sarge toy in the works that was being produced by a rival company. Given that he presumed 
assumed he'd always have wrestling to go back to, Slaughter decided to leave the WWE in order to make this happen, and as you can imagine, Vinnie Mac wasn't best pleased. It wasn't that bad though, because not only did the American hero get to see himself in this fashion, but he did indeed return to WWE a few years later. He really did get the best of both worlds. Number 7. The Hollywood Safety Net It's not uncommon at all these days for a wrestler to jump across to Hollywood. Not all find success, but you can find notable movies from the likes of Hulk Hogan, John Cena, and naturally The Rock. Their transitions, while filled with hard work, have seemed pretty simple, but for many reasons, this was not the same for Dave Bautista. Even though he had smashed it in WWE and was a bona fide main eventer, Bautista wasn't pleased with what the creative team had for him, so decided to leave in 2010, especially because he'd mentioned he would like to be put forward for more outside opportunities, and it didn't happen. It meant Big Dave would do a bit of MMA soon after this, but his main goal was to pursue a career in acting, and man did he do that. Because for those that may not know, here's just a smattering of films he's been in ever since. Blade Runner, James Bond, Guardians of the Galaxy, and other Marvel-related movies. That is, quite frankly, a ridiculous CV, and he is universally respected by fans as someone who has done very well at the craft. All he had to do was walk out. Number 6. Becoming a Minister Kenneth Johnson, who you may remember as Slick, was a very successful WWE manager in the 1980s and 1990s. He knew how to rile up a crowd with his con artist ways, and he threw himself so much into his job, when he was power-slammed by the British Bulldog in 1991, he got hit so hard he had to take six months off. It did mean he had the opportunity to repackage himself on his return, which is why we got Reverend Smith. No longer would he partake in these dastardly deeds of yesterday, he wanted to be a force for good. Now, the main reason for this was that Kenneth was going through exactly this in real life. He had become a born-again Christian and thought it would work in a pro-wrestling setting. While he wasn't wrong, it only took a short while before he decided he didn't want to be involved at all, so he got out of his contract to become a full-time minister. Johnson had to retire to sort all of this, and he is still a minister to this very day. You can't say it didn't work out because it absolutely did. Number 5. A Public Humiliation 1997 was not a good time for the Hart family. After the Montreal screw job, many of the clan wanted to follow Brett to WCW for obvious reasons, and while the WWE was open to this in a few senses, when it came to Jim the Anvil, it wasn't exactly smooth sailing. While the powers that be agreed to release Neidhart, less than a month after Survivor Series, he had to, in the story, turn his back on the foundation, join DX, before they turned on him and beat him up. It ended in the ring, where Sean Michaels, Triple H, and China spray-painted WCW onto his back and handcuffed him to the ropes. It was very clear that he was not going to get a nice send-off. Obviously, everybody knew the deal beforehand, but you'd have to think that Neidhart wasn't exactly infused to go through all of this just to get released. The things we do for family. Number four, foresight. Yep, that's it. Good old-fashioned foresight, and probably realizing that given how he'd been booked so far, Dean Ambrose was far better off leaving the WWE as fast as he could. Not really finding his feet after returning from a horrible triceps injury, which included wearing gas masks and having a needle shoved up his ass, Ambrose just politely declined WWE's offers of a new contract no matter how many times they asked so he could leave. There was a moral issue to this too, as he had been scripted to say some truly controversial things about super super friend Roman Reigns, who had been diagnosed with leukemia. It was shock value stuff that the future John Moxley wasn't interested in, as you can imagine, it was bottom of the barrel content. Given what happened next too, there's no way you can't say it wasn't the right thing to do, because Moxley is so far above his alter ego it's not even funny. I'm pretty sure you could convince someone they were different people. Still though, Ambrose had this right, clock the date of your deal, and then just smile and nod 
till you're done. Number three, just leaving. It's always weird this, because if you or I just walked out of a job, I doubt it would be clean sailing. I suppose it wasn't when CM Punk walked out in 2014, but still, I bet it could have been even crazier than it was. The real reason he got away with it, for lack of a better term, is because he was one of the top guys in the company. It was the same when Stone Cold Steve Austin no-showed back in 2002, and while Punk and WWE never made up as the Rattlesnake did, it was the same scenario for a while you just stopped talking about them. CM was a modern icon for fans when he did just decide to drop wrestling like a bad habit which happened the night after the Raw Rumble. You could see he was burned out and likely needed some time off and as no one was going to give it to him he walked into McMahon's office the next day and told Rince and Triple H he was done. Here we are seven years later and I kind of think he meant it. This was a breach of contract however you want to look at it and even though the pair went to war in the courts it wasn't really about this. Instead WWE sent him his walking papers on his wedding day which is just bad. Number two, asking kindly if you can go. Cody Rhodes is just the best. A true gentleman and stand-up figure, he has now cemented his legacy in AEW by being part of a group of guys who have genuinely created a legitimate promotion capable of challenging those at the very top. The icing on the cake is that he's part of the Rhodes family, and that legacy continues to explode. It's not like Cody didn't have a good run in WWE either. He did. The many gimmicks he went through were all good for what they were, the issue being none of them were given the time they needed. That changed when he was told to be stardust and while once more he made the most of it when he asked to stop and just be good old cody rhodes and was told no well that was a problem realizing that management saw him in a spot lower than he saw himself he simply asked if he could leave and the wwe said yes at the time they must have just agreed that the two were never going to see eye to eye but i tell you there is no way they would grant this today not in a million years Number one, don't sell. There are plenty of unwritten rules in pro wrestling, and a big one is deciding you're going to no-sell all your opponent's moves. Hercules Hernandez was so done with the WWE system, however, he decided that instead of no-showing or going off-script mid-promo, he was just going to stop acting like he was hurt during matches. He was sick of being on the losing side in every contest he was in, so he really did take matters into his own hands. So if you do zoom back to 1992, you will see it. After appearing in the Raw Rumble, Hernandez had his last WWE match in Madison Square Garden on the 23rd of February against Sid Justice. It was booked to be nothing more than a squash lasting about 20 seconds, meaning Sid walked in, powerbombed Hercules, and pinned him. As soon as Justice had stood up, though, Hernandez joined him, left the ring, and acted like nothing had happened, he probably even shrugged his shoulders. So he completely broke the illusion and was never seen in the company again. I wonder why. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.